Welcome everybody to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot. And I'm Adam Jubay. And this is the first show that we've recorded together <laughs> in two months. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. We've recorded a bunch of shows separately. but um, So hi Austin, how are you? Great, how are you Adam? I've actually seen you a whole lot in those in that Yeah, time. we just have not recorded a single show. No, they've been very busy days. Well, Road so. Atlanta, Jessica was there, so yep. guess who had to go to bed early? Yeah. This guy. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't get to stay up for any of the, like, Saturday night shenanigans. Yep, I recorded uh, one show. We only recorded one show at Road Atlanta, and, I, and that was me in the middle of the night. Um, that was a pretty good show with Kingpin Machine and a couple other SCCA buddies. Um, but yeah, what time did you go to bed on Saturday night there? Like 1 o'clock. Oh, which man. Which is really weird. I've never I actually went been to, bed, to an event and done that. I think I only I think I went to bed at, like, 2 o'clock. It wasn't that late, which was nice. Well, you were but. telling me that when you were at Blackhawk... And Sarah came out that you actually ended up going to bed early, too. Oh, so early. So right. having having wives at the track makes yeah. you go to bed early. They're not allowed anymore. Having a three-year-old at the track makes you go to bed really Super early. early. Yeah, Sarah was in the RV at, like, 7.30. Man. And uh, I think I was up hanging out and talking to Abra until, like, 9. But uh, Out in the front yard? Yeah. It, it, it was... It, Black, Blackhawk event was pretty fun. That was chill event. So. Yeah, so, I missed that one. So, yeah, uh, the track day picnic with Grid Life was a good one. So... Um, I wish I could have made it. That was when I drove the Frasier. That was cool. The time you drove the Frasier. Yeah, and then I burned a hole in the piston. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so it turns out that motor is uh, crazy. Did I tell you about that motor? You did. Um, it's uh, it's a forged crank, which those things don't have. It's counterweighted, forged, but like beautiful crank. H-beam uh, rods, crazy high compression pistons. Um, What's the compression on there? I don't know. It's got to like be like 14? Like 13. 13, yeah, it's big. 14? God. Um, big, huge domes on the pistons and big cams. Um, and it looked like the intake manifold gasket RTV that we put on failed in the one corner. And that was why that cylinder ran lean. Uh, it could have also been misfire issues with the distributor, which is basically in the header. Um, why didn't you use a real gasket? Well, because I couldn't get one. Uh, I tried to find, I, like, I bought a couple different gaskets hoping there's the right nothing. one. It turns out it's a small port uh, 4AG, huh. uh, which I think they, they made. pretty rare uh, it's not a, It's not a U.S. head. Okay. Uh, it's a New Zealand, and I think Japan came with that. They, they That was, like, an option there. I don't think it was a U.S. version of the motor, um, unless it was, like, some older one. But, um, yet, uh, so I RTV'd it on, and I figured, oh, this will be, this will be fine, right? Nope. Um that was part of the problem, but the rest of the cylinders look fine. So it might have also been a misfire issue uh, and gas being a little bit not high enough octane potentially. But so what are you going to do? Are you going to rebuild the motor or are you um, going to do a motor swap like you had thought about doing for a little well, while? I'm still really torn on it, but I've already basically got the motor out. And it had like a twin disc clutch and it had, it's got a TRD, close ratio trans. Like it's got all kinds of fancy bits that I could sell if I wanted to. Um, but I think the easiest button is to just... Overboard, it, put new pistons in it. It didn't like wreck the motor. Like it still spins over fine. Um, just overboard, it, new, uh, new pistons, maybe a little bit lower compression, uh, and then slab it back together. But I think I'm going to go with smaller carbs also. I think I'm doing 45 mil DCOEs. What's in there right now? Uh, 47, 48. They're okay. huge, which is like like they're giant, giant carbs. Um, so I think I'm going to sell those and buy 45s. But. Um, yeah, we'll probably dial they, the car in and yeah. Well, like, was the car built to run on race fuel? Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. I think so. And and it's just a really old build, so uh, we'll go through it and new gaskets, deck, mill everything, clean everything. Um, 
It'll just be a longer process than I wanted, but hopefully it'll be out early next year. So we should take it ice racing. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Although without the body, it probably would actually do fine. Probably be but, pretty sweet. Um, no, it just it, don't let me drive it. It's gonna take a while. It's uh, it ain't gonna be free. That'll be the problem. I wish I could do it for free, but it'll well, I mean, cost money to make it. When you get a car essentially for free. It was I not. Mean, it was actually not essentially for free. I've got I know thousands. It's taking of you a lot of work, but I, I do have thousands of dollars in material costs into this car. Okay, just over the course of time, so it feels like almost no money. Um, but yeah, so I got a car that blew up in the first weekend. That kind of sucks, but uh, that really um, sucks. It was also the most enjoyable thing I've ever driven, ever, ever, ever. Bar so none. It was worth it. Oh yeah, yeah it was fine. Like, like this would have happened eventually. I'm not like upset about it. Or if you just would have gotten a real gasket, it wouldn't have happened at all. Maybe it, it might also like the. Literally, the distributor, like, the header wraps around it and is dented so that the distributor can fit. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like... Oh, jeez. I've been emailing with Steve Millen, who drove it in the 90s, you know? Um, and he uh, he said the first weekend that he drove it, uh, he, he, he could basically do qualifying, and then he had to hop in a different car because it was misfiring so bad. Yeah, so you talking so. to Steve Millen is actually new from last weekend when we were at M1 Concourse. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, uh, how did all of that come uh, about? I know how it happened, but... Yeah, the uh, listeners really don't. Art from Driving While Awesome knows Reese Millen through like GoPro stuff from back in the day or whatever, and because uh, Art used to work there and Pikes Peak things and whatever. Um, so he ma- emailed Reese and me, and then Reese emailed Steve Millen, his uncle, um, and then uh, yeah. So then I got Steve Millen's address. So and he's um, been. Have you talked to him on the phone or just email? No, I've I've only talked to him via email, and he had driven it just uh, just a few times and said he really liked the car, but it always had misfire issues. So I'm kind of wondering if, like... Maybe the distributor being by all the yeah, heat causes that, some issues? That might be... Maybe the cylinder, the number one cylinder, which is the one that's closest to the, the header, uh, maybe that's part of the problem. So. You thought about, like, doing some thermal wrap on the distributor? I thought about, re, I thought about, like, reworking... And wrapping the header? I thought about reworking the ignition system and basically... And going, like, coil? Yeah, going coil on plug and crank trigger. Huh. Um, the stupid thing about the ignition system on that car is, like, it's a fuel-injected motor... And, like, the common way to make it a carb motor is to what's called, like, lock the distributor to where the distributor is basically it's, ti- it, it, it's, it's sparking at one advance all the time. So typically they're hard. Like, you spark it to where it'll make decent mid-range power. Um, so it's not ideal for top end. And then it'll be, like, hard starting also. Um, so that's kind of like a subpar ignition system anyway. Um, and then... Yeah, if I if I did coil on plug uh, or crank trigger and coil on plug or coil pack, I can get it away from the heat. So have you done some research? Uh, like, have you hopped on Club Four AG and like yeah, seen what yeah. what people do? Uh, a bunch of guys uh, with the newer motors, the Beams motors, the twenty valve ones, they oh. run the distributor off of one of the cam gears, huh? Which would work also, but I'd have to do like a lot of custom fab work, right? Um, because the Beams motor, which is out, it's like the twenty valve Four AG, same bottom end basically. Uh, that has the distributor in the back. I mean, would it just make more uh, sense to buy a Beams motor and swap that in? It's and not like, all identical. So, like, my no. dry sump wouldn't work and other uh. stuff wouldn't work. So, uh, it's close. Like, I could make it work maybe, but um, I don't know. that This motor is uh, it's very salvageable, like a set of pistons and an overbore, and it's ready to go again. Maybe probably. even just one so. piston, right? I, I'm probably going to just do all four. All four. And... Uh, because I can go with off-the-shelf pistons for cheaper than custom. You know? Have you measured it out already? Like it's not an overbore motor right now. Really? So there's plenty of cylinder wall. Okay. So I don't know. I haven't pulled the pistons out, so I don't know if it's a stroker kit. It might very well be like a stroker kit, um, to where it might need different pistons anyway. So 
But there will still be an off-the-shelf option, I'm sure. So, Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> Unfortunately. It'll be worth it. Yeah, and in, in other updates, I sold my race car before, uh, my CRX race car before Grid I can't Grid remember if we talked about that and like, we, the last time we talked on a show or not. I don't think it's... Uh, we've, I've never recorded a show with you since. Okay. I recorded a show with Tall Kyle on the way back. I think you... So. I think last time we talked on the show, you had just decided to sell it. Yeah, it, well, yeah, I think... I don't I, think it had been bought yet. Yeah, I think I had got a deposit. Okay. Uh, when we did a show with Christoph. But it is officially gone now. Yep. Uh, and it's for sale again. Uh, so Roberto, the guy who bought it, uh, turns out he got a new job and he's going to be working like seven days a week, like the whole year. Oh, man. And he's like, I think I'm just going to sell it. <laughs> so it's for sale again. Dude, that happens with a lot of yeah. your race cars. That's what happened with the Lemons car, too, right? That's true. The Lemons car got sold immediately afterwards also. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe... maybe uh, Maybe one of our listeners will buy it. You can email me, uh, Adam at grid.life or Adam at slipangleshow.com. or so Adam you just want to get his money back com. out of it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was basically, I sold it for the cost of the parts involved, and you get a free car. Um, so it's a pretty good deal for what it is. But And I'm also building another race car now, too. So, Which I think we talked about before. Yeah, Because I while asked back. you, with all back. the sim- sentimental value, yep. if you were going to drive it any different. I don't think... My old hatchback, which I've had since I was 19 or 18, I think 18, um, so like 16, 17 years, uh, I'm, uh, I've got all the parts for it, and I'm, I've am i put it up on a dolly, and so it's ready to cage. Uh, i got to cut the cage out after this weekend. That's going to be like my next job. So uh, the, 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 the current cage is like a... It's okay. Like, I'm going to reuse the hoop and move it further back. I just want to put the seat further back, so... Um, that'll be a fun project. I'm really looking forward to that this winter. So that's uh, that's me. We did a lot of events. Uh, a lot of events. We just did one last weekend, which was freaking awesome. Yes, we've. I don't even think we ever even talked about that on the show. No, we didn't. Um, so we we hosted the Speed Ring event for Motovicity. The Grid Life crew was the producers, and uh, we flew Austin in to be the announcer with Jared Deanda from Formula D. Um, and that went pretty well. That was super fun. And then I helped announce a little bit on Sunday also. But Just um, the format that we had on Sunday, though? Dude, so good. So for those of you listening, um, we ran a traditional time attack on Saturday. Yeah. But on Sunday, we ran like a bracket toge battle. Yep. Which, uh, Adam, if you want to fill them in on how that worked, yeah, so it was freaking amazing. Like we had, I think we had sixty cars total, and then the top, um, the top sixteen, or not, no, top thirteen cars in each run group. There was three classes: uh, unlimited, track mod, and street mod. Similar classes to our grid life uh, classes, and it also kind of fits with the GTA classes and stuff. Um, man, this uh, this windshield is hard to see out in the rain. Um, oh yeah, I don't think we said we're yeah. in the we're in the, the RV. RV right now, headed to Gingerman once again. Headed to another event. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had this event at, Mo- at M1 Concourse. It was a tiny little like kind of like cl- country club track that's not actually a racetrack. It didn't even yeah, have it's a t- like it's like a handling circuit. Yeah, it's 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 basically a small racetrack. But um, you're about to say there's no timing. There's loop. no timing loop. Like there's minimal flag stations. Uh, next year, if Motovicity wants to host it there again. We're going to really push that. They wouldn't let us put a timing loop in, so we did a tape-down loop, which worked, but we had to fix the tape a lot. And they um, saw you changing out the tape. All the time. All the time, yeah. and they looked Yeah, they looked a little of, embarrassed uh, yeah. about it. So maybe they'll let us cut a loop in this year, <laughs> if we do it again. But I want to put more flag stations in. I want to bring, like, real race safety guys in. Uh, like, their, their in-house stuff is, like, 
like it works for a country club style where there's like four Ferraris cruising around and like nobody does anything. But that was the first but, like real competition yeah. event that they have uh, ever held. But really, it was a really cool track for that for that event. Yeah, and for the um, for the toge battle like style, dude, it was great. It worked because it, it was like a one minute minute fifteen track. Um, and so toge battle, we took the top thirteen cars from each class. Um, the top three cars got a buy run for the first uh, for the first basically the first uh, bracket. And we took a sixteen seed bracket, like a regular. If you st if you just look up a sixteen seed bracket, it'll tell you how to pair one through sixteen. Um, and basically uh, built built a, uh, a bracket elimination and two cars would go out um, each lap uh, or each time. Uh, two cars would go out. It would be a lead follow. They would make uh, a warm-up lap and then establish the gap for themselves on their warm-up lap and then as they cross start-finish, that was the start of their first hot lap. They would make a hot lap and uh, it was still done by time, so the fastest guy still won but basically the guy up front needed to stretch the gap. Guy in the back wants to tighten the gap um, and it was actually verified by the actual AMB system, the timing system. But, and then they did a cool-down lap where they reversed positions and did the same thing. Um, and if they, if they tied, uh, not timing-wise, but if they tied like 1-1-1, one, 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 one won the first, 1-1 one, one the second, then they had a one-more-time battle after that. They would come in, we tell them it's one more time, and they go back out. So um, it kind of ended up being, you know, like time attack is kind of like boring to watch because you can't really tell. Unless you got a really good announcing crew, you can't even tell what's going on. Right. You know? It ended up being like, um, and there was no passing also, so you can't pass. So you know that's why that's where establishing the gap is kind of a strategy and stuff. But um, so it's very it, it's a safe time attack style environment, but it had like the thrill of the last lap of a wheel to wheel race. Oh, it was so over great. and like ninety last laps of a wheel to wheel race the whole day. That's what we watched. It was super fun. Dude, I had adrenaline pumping all day. I was on the so bike. tired on the way home just because like all we did was like get hyped We're just up the whole nerve day. It was yeah, awesome. It was great. And uh, uh, Motivicity had brought out a huge stage and a big, huge like LCD projection TV. With, like, not five projection. or six cameras like, around the yeah, whole track. Yeah, just, like, a giant, like, what is it, like, 15 by 15 TV? Yeah. Um, no, it was bigger than that. I think it was, like, 20 yeah, by 20. it was really big. And we would just stand back and watch the TV because they had, I think it was four or five manned camera stations, yeah. like, following the cars. And so day of, uh, there's, like, a thousand people standing back watching this thing happen. And, and, like, people, I've never seen people cheer for Time Attack before. Oh, dude, it was so great. That was Sweet. Like it normally, was so cool. Normally for drivers, the paddock is the area to hang out in when you're not driving. Yeah. Not this past weekend. No. And, and the, the other stage. Yeah, the stage was, was right up front. Um, and we also had, since we only had like, you know, a dozen cars coming up for each class, um, we had uh, the grid right in front of the stage. So we had like the one through, we were only putting eight cars in grid, I think, at a time. We had like one through eight um, lined up. So the spectators could like check the cars out. It was a real like interactive kind of cohesive feel in the paddock because it's really not much of a paddock there. Um, the paddock is just kind of a parking lot off to the one side, and then they'd cruise down and be in grid. Um, so spectators and it was there's a lot of vendors, Motivicity distributor or Motivicity uh, parts suppliers. You know, a lot of the ma yeah. major performance companies were there. Um, and it was cool VIP too. VIP tent and stuff because the way Abron had everything organized. Yep. All the cars from that bracket had to be, yeah, in like the pre-grid staging yeah, area, we had whether to be they able were running to, or not. We had to be able to see them all, and so they would all bring tools up, and and they uh, would just hang out and watch the TV. Yeah, it was it was great. And all the cars were there, and like spectators could walk around and see all the cars. And I talk thought to it all was the competitors. just it was, the coolest. It was dude. wonderful. Uh, it worked out so good. Um, 
That's and literally one of my favorite events that that we've worked. Yeah, hopefully in the past couple years. The only problem with that is it takes a lot of track time. It does. I mean, it took us so. all day to go through forty cars. Yeah, um, all, literally all day. The track went hot at like nine. We did have some breaks that day, so that was good. But yeah, it, yeah, it kills a lot of track time. So it's going to have to kind of be more of a specialized thing or smaller brackets or something. Right. Um, there were. I know there were a few drivers that like. They understood the concept, but they thought that they'd be able to drive a little bit more than they did. Yeah, it's not a big seat time event. No, definitely um, not. But it was also pretty low entry fee, and uh, and really, it was it was a full competition event. It was right. it was knockout style. So if you lose, it's done. Right. Like for a traditional um, track day, like organization trying to run something like that, it wouldn't work because the financials just wouldn't line no, up. No, it's it's got to be an event like this or just smaller brackets. You right. Know? Like even this weekend, we could do some of this on Sunday. If we have time, if everything goes smooth, we've got a little bit of time built in at the end of the day. So if there's not a lot of pulls and toes and offs and stuff, um, and time attack goes well, uh, we might do some bracket time attack stuff uh, with toge battle at the end. But um, it was oh, did just. We ever, did we ever get confirmation on if we can do it during um, quiet hour? During quiet hour, nah, with, it'll kind of be hum- with the quiet cars. It, it'll be kind of up to how many fits we have. I think. Okay. So that, that's on, on Sundays at Gingerman. You have a quiet hour because there's a church off at of turn ten. But if you have really yeah. quiet cars, like Fitz and, like, yeah, yeah. stock Car- muffler Miatas. Is there anybody next to me here or no? Uh, no, you look good. I'm moving over. Um, yeah, if we have quiet cars, it might actually be kind of a cool thing on a Sunday there. So, I don't know. It was uh, That was a really cool event. It was a lot of work for uh, for an event that wasn't ours, but right. it was super fun. Um, but, like, day of running the bracket stuff, having fewer cars on track was actually like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it was... It was super refreshing. And there was minimal incidents. We, the Life Motorsports car did have a, a big off. A pretty of a, big off, Because of a yeah. brake failure. But the car should be pretty fixable. Like, I think he said like 135 miles an hour. Oh, that back straightaway is pretty long, actually. Yeah. But yeah, kind of a cool little track for that. Uh, not the safest place, but not the most dangerous place. And the guys, but. can we just do a shout out to the guys at Can Jam? Unbelievable. Out of Canada. Yeah. Never competed outside of North America or outside of Canada before. Came down to the event, ran the fastest lap time that has ever been run at that track. But yep. Daniel O'Donnell also also ran a faster lap time than the previous track record. Andy and Smedgar so did Andy Smedgar. Yep. So I mean we brought a lot of good machinery out, some really talented drivers, yep. and just had an amazing, amazing weekend. And this was also the first time they'd ever had like actual timing. So you're going, you're, you're, you're going you're, stopwatch. Yeah, you're first. going against stopwatches or like aim solos or data acquisition. But yeah, very, very fast laps. The uh, the track was not anticipating like the level of serious. I don't think. Um, but I think they learned a lot. We learned a lot about how to run an event at that track. Right. Uh, my my least favorite part of the entire day, uh, the entire weekend was we used my RV as the timing tower because they don't have one. <laughs> I know uh, where this is going. And it was inside the track. There's like there's like a skid pad in the middle of the track. With a nice berm, with uh, a nice view Yeah, uh, of that little short front straight by timing, the timing loop. Timing has to be able to see everything, and they also can't just be sitting out in the wind, you know? It was pretty windy. Um, so they were using the, the RV as a timing tower. And they need an office, basically. And uh, there was a big, huge berm, and on the top of the berm was like a 10-foot-wide flat spot. And the RV's about eight Perfect. foot wide. Perfect. Uh, but I had to drive on, and like it was steep. Like if I would have gone off to the one side or the other, this thing would have rolled down the hill. <laughs> um, I had to like work my way up like a little like walking path, and then drive across this berm, and it was freaking sketchy backing it out of there. <laughs> it was not fun. My brother was spotting me. I, I, you know, I'm on the phone with my brother, and he's spotting me as I'm backing up. But um, it was uh, that was that was weird, but. 
the uh, the RV was prominently showcased, unfortunately, uh, in the middle of the track, but worked pretty well as a timing tower. Kind of, kind of an interesting event, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a great event, though, too, because we got to see a lot of vendors that work with Motivicity that may have not had exposure to us running events and stuff like that yeah, before. Yeah, and, and may have not had exposure to uh, this track and to any of our competitors. Our yeah. competitors talked to a lot of, and it was a lot of, like, 80% grid life competitors. Oh, yeah. it was Midwest guys. And they were able to go and, like, compete in front of all of these yeah, vendors, and, and the vendors had enough time to be able to come and like watch competitors and yeah. stuff like that i saw marty stag from um from turbo smart up there yeah um watching i saw the guys from vibrant some of the guys like aaron weir from vibrant was actually there competing yeah yeah and um, his rear wheel drive crx you uh, know the guys from ams came out and competed for the first time on a road course in a long time yeah martin With, musel was out in a, a new golf r that thing sounded so cool as oh it, yeah because it's the, the dsg, DSG trans yeah. yeah it sounded it, it would shift so fast right as he crossed start finished it sounded like he would hit rumble strips yeah like, it, was, bah, bah, bah. it was really cool it was so cool but yeah, cool little event, uh, and we also had, we didn't talk about it much, you did, uh, today I think you put up a, a podcast of you and Matt Fair doing a live announcing. Yeah, from, um, uh, from, from Grid, Grid Life, Life South. South yeah. yep. what it, what, coming away from Grid Life South, which was like our most ambitious event ever, um, what, uh, what was your feelings of the, of the event overall? I thought it was amazing. So I have a video, which maybe I'll put up, um, but from the concert with Ludacris. Yeah. I've never seen that many people at a Gridlife concert before. It, looked, it was absolutely packed. It was so, so full. How are our levels doing right here? We're good? Levels are good. Good, good. Yep. Uh, I'm, uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to him in a microphone in a while. I can't, I can't. Ultra Pro Adam Jubei. Yeah. yeah, whatever, whatever. Even um, if the levels aren't right, I'll fix them later. D- dude, it was... I, I thought I maybe pulled on the microphone cable weird. That's why I wonder. Um, the, the, that concert was so awesome. Yeah. L- I mean, Ludacris is like... You can tell he had done that show before. Like... Like let's do show number twelve, right? <laughs> but uh, he did a good job. The crowd loved it. Um, and Savoy, the headliner on Friday night, was awesome. They they've played with us before. They've played at Midwest Festival two years ago or last yep. year. Last year, La- last, last year, year I think yeah. they were a headliner on Friday last year. Um, yeah, really. The the event overall. I mean, we always learn things as we grow at a track. We learn how to do things at a track more. Uh, we had too many time attack cars, I think. Yep. We had too many drift cars. Yep. Everybody yeah, knows that. Yeah, at one point there were like 80 drift cars. Yeah, it was like 50. For the first drift session. It was 50. It was, was crazy. It, it, was, it was gigantic. I have yeah. a, a photo of them all like on hot pits before I mean, they rolled out. It's cool to try to see how much you can do. Uh, and, but, but the problem we, with drifting is like one person goes off yeah, and you got to yeah. like red flag the session. Stop everything. Yeah. Pull that guy out of turn I think there were some a. guys like in that first session that didn't get to actually run yep. that first session. I think everybody ran, but like it, it wasn't enough seat time for drifters. Uh, right. But man, it was cool looking show. Yeah. Um, it, uh, the crowd the crowd was pretty big. It was a lot of fun. Have not heard a single bad comment from anybody about that event. The only comment I've heard is the drifters like, man, I really wish I had more seat time. Yeah. You know, other than that, uh, it was it was pretty cool. Even people um, that had uh, issues with their vehicles yeah. loved it. Yeah. Um, some of our S2000 buddies had some issues. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it was still just a, a wonderful event. A couple of cars into the wall. Um, had, uh, had had more HPDE cars into the wall than anything, really. Yep. It, uh, two, two of them into the... Into the hard cement wall yep. at, on the front street. I wish, I wish Road Atlanta would really do Put something. Put some tires good. or something Not, there, or, yeah. or like a safer barrier linked together five feet off the wall. Yeah, I mean, Randy, Randy Post was actually there instructing yep. for us, which was really cool. Randy Post instructing at a Grid Life event. So rad. Super rad. Yeah. But... 
he, you know, he's a big proponent of some of these new safety barriers yep. that are out. A lot of a, a little bit of sand and uh, safety barrier would really be an excellent thing on that shoot there. That concrete shoot is pretty car deadly. Yeah, um, and it's gonna hurt somebody someday. We, our own buddy Dennis Duff, went to the hospital, um, and. Uh, uh, he was instructing, and his student lifted off the gas. I guess. Yeah, he uh, saw he saw the checker as he was coming down, like turn twelve. Instinctively lifted off and yep. into the wall. But uh, Dennis is all right. The the uh, the driver was all right. Uh, kind of a it, it's a nerve wracking place to host an event. Uh, but overall, everybody drove really really well. Uh, it's uh, that's a scary track though. That track did did, did I have I told you that uh, the stat that Road Atlanta told us afterwards. They said, no, this was actually, you guys are really a safe event because on average, four cars out of 150 that take the track get totaled. Really? Yes. It's that high? Four out of 150. Holy crap. So by the, we should have had like a, a dozen cars get wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, it was, uh, it, that was, that was a, a big event and it was a, it was a big milestone in grid life history, I think. So um, really thanks to everybody who came out for that one. A lot of our buddies were down there. A lot of listeners. Like a ton, lot. tons of listeners I've never met before. I, I would I would probably I've probably talked to twenty people. Um, so which I was just was really glad cool. I got to share the grid life experience with some of my friends from yeah. Atlanta that might not necessarily be like that into cars. Yeah, some of your like regular buddies came out too. Yeah, so. Did, yeah, a couple guys that came to my wedding. Like I don't know if you saw my buddy uh, Adam Lovell, um, but he was at my wedding when you were there, and yeah, then he came yeah. out and you know got to experience the event and everything. Yeah, it was. Uh, we put my buddy Doug in uh, in the car with uh, intern Derek, my college roommate. Oh, Doug. really? Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So intern Derek in his uh, maybe rental, maybe not Camaro. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps it was not his Perhaps own vehicle. Maybe that thing I don't was freaking fast. Yeah, he ran like a one forty four in that <laughs> that's thing. That's ridiculous. In a rental Camaro, He's not like, a what the Perhaps heck? a rental Camaro. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, Derek came out from Texas, uh, a lot of people from California, people from yeah. Arizona, people from Florida, people from Chicago, people from Canada, uh, New York, uh, like every corner of the country. It was awesome. South, South Dakota, North Dakota. Yeah, Mike, Mike Warfield from GST, they Crazy. brought that car out. It, and Jeff uh, Westfall ran the fastest lap time of the weekend. Is it a 22 that? or 24? Yeah, 122 something. And, and on a hot day, like... Only like a second half off of their best time there ever. Yeah, uh, ran on like a perfect spring day at GTA. So yeah. awesome driving by Jeff Westfall. That car had some issues too, and they fought yeah, they only ran it. those first two sessions. Yeah, I, I think it. I think the motor exploded. I think they lost the motor. Yeah, they did. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really cool to see them out. And but uh, they like Mike said he had a great time. Yeah, overall, it was Mike's first time to a grid life event. Overall, he loved the the event. And I mean, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to see. Right. Uh, you meet a lot of people. Yeah, we um, had that autocross set up, too. Yeah, Atlanta Region SCCA did an autocross but in you had the Dave, support paddock. You had Dave on the show, right? Uh, yeah, Dave Hardy was on the yeah. show. Okay. Um, yeah, fri even Friday, they had a lot of takers at the autocross. I think next year they're going to try to do it Saturday, Sunday. That that thing will be full. Um, Friday they had – it was pretty steady, and then Saturday they had a line, like, out the out the gate. Yeah. Like, there um, were already – there were always, like, 20, 25 cars in line was, for the that autocross. That was really cool. They were super pumped. Kind of exposing a lot of, uh, a lot of people to autocross. 
to SCCA Atlanta region and really just yeah. a ton of spectators like, hey, I can actually drive something at yeah. Good Life. That's what rad. What was nice was that it, you know, for people wanting to dip their feet in autocross, it wasn't a whole day affair. No. You'd like, go, you'd make your run, you didn't have to work any, any yep. corners or anything. Yeah, 20 bucks, you make four runs, so, which is only like, that's like the same price as a regular autocross per, yeah. per yeah, run. Yeah, for, for a large region, absolutely. Per run, it's typically five bucks a run, you know, you might spend 30 bucks and get six, it might be four bucks a run, you know, it's that's right in line with the price, but you don't have to spend eight hours doing it right you know you could do it all in 20 minutes yeah um so i think a lot that was solid on saturday a lot of people having a lot of fun so i, I heard rumors of uh of the same car it was one of the exo cars uh he he was there constantly and he was talking to people in the paddock and he'd be like yeah you want to go ride in it 20 bucks we can go do the autocross nice and he was charge having, him and then he <laughs> would get the drive <laughs> he was having the spectators pay was that speed. was that kevin from exoset I, I don't know i don't it know it might have been kevin from exoset it was one of the exo cars like it was exoskeleton something okay. which there were a lot of yeah, those there, was, there even that fur was gonna drive or actually drove like a civic yeah one of the coral works or whatever and, yeah it's ridiculous. Um, Johnny C from uh, from OG Racing. Had his ghetto set Miata. Yeah, his Miata. They cut the body off. Yep. Up, so, uh, thanks to uh, thanks to OG Racing for presenting this show. Maybe we maybe, maybe we can build them for that for that plug. We never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really cool to see a lot of our friends just having a lot of fun with cars. So it was uh, that that facility. You can do a lot of stuff there. Um, and I think next year we're going to cram more camping in, uh, open up the camping areas some more. Yeah, it's going to be a good one next year. I'm really excited about uh, about Grid Life South 2018. So. You know what you did miss that I got to go to? What's that? SCCA Solo Nationals. Yeah, how was that? That you was went awesome. there. I was only there for one day. I was there for Friday. It was like the week after, right? Yeah. So after uh, Grid Life at Road Atlanta, I rode down to. Jacksonville. I guess it was two weeks after. Was it two or one? It started one week after, and then like became yeah. like yeah, two weeks. You, yeah, you went at the you went to the end of it. Yeah, so yep. I rode down to Jacksonville, hung out with my parents, and then rode up to Lincoln and hung out with our buddy Pete Lindbergh. Yeah, um, you know, and he showed me around and everything. He which, thought he thought was that there, was so rad that you were there because you knew everybody. So then, like all of a sudden, he knew more people too. Well, <laughs> I was surprised by how many people that he knew. Yeah, yeah. So like everybody like. It seemed like every other person there knew Pete Lindbergh. It was yeah. it was nuts. He was on the cover of the magazine a little while. Yeah, that's ago, true. So. Thanks to uh, thanks to somebody in this RV. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wrote the article. <laughs> he did, but well, you we, had to coerce it out of him. Yeah, we, that's, true. that's true. I said, dude, you got to do it. You're going. Just yeah. take a bunch of pictures, <laughs> and we'll talk about the article later. So yeah, Pete. They had some extra space in their RV, so they let me crash in the RV and everything, which was really nice. After camping on a camping pad, yeah, you know the previous couple nights on the way up from Florida. Did so uh, so, so the listeners might not know exactly not if they haven't listened to some of the recent ones. You did a motorcycle trip on a motorcycle without a fairing. Yeah, uh, from California. Like, well, tell so we, tell tell us all the stops. We prefaced the trip in the last podcast before I even left. Yeah. Which but, is a while ago. Yeah, I don't. So I don't remember talking about it. It ended up being five and a half weeks long, and a week of that was spent at my parents' house. So, say four and a half weeks total riding. Yeah, eighty-five hundred miles. That's sorry, nuts. eight thousand four hundred forty-six miles. Nuts. Um, but I started off. I went from L.A. to Las Vegas, camped in Las Vegas, and then was gonna, you know, head to the Pirelli World Challenge race and hang out with Tom O'Gorman. Yep. Which some of those shows have actually been out. You know, the one that I did yeah, with, uh, with Cole Andy Pallison and when I was there and with Andy yeah. Hollis. Yeah. So I those just are already out. I, I just listened to the one with Ann and Andy Hollis okay. uh, a few a few days ago. Okay. Anyways, I, had I was saved like, it and forgot well, I'm going I had from it. Vegas to Salt Lake City or to Tuella. I was like, oh I'm gonna go to Bonneville on the way there. Yeah. 
So I get close to Bonneville, and the day before, you know, I post, oh, I'm going to Bonneville. And our buddy Anthony Magnoli goes, dude, Speed Week's going on right now. Uh, Tom O'Dell is there, which, who Tom has now been on the show. Yeah, awesome um, show, by the way. I love, I, yeah, Tom We got to get that great. dude on. Tom is and great. We He'll be give here him this a, weekend. We got, He'll be here. Let's he, get him on the he's mic. He's coming this weekend? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they're bringing the Viper out, I think. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, man, I got to get a couple beers in Tom and sit with him for two hours. <laughs> Tom is that great. That dude freaking rules. Tom is great. So, we, um, yeah, we met him uh, uh, at uh, Gridlife Midwest. Yeah, when uh, they brought the Fiat cars yeah, out the, uh, with the Hoonigan. Hoonigan female yep. driver search. And so, like, Thursday before the event, they're just, like, taking over the paddock and taking over the tech the tech tower. And we're like, who are these and we dudes? we hated them. Uh, uh, like Chris these guys and, suck. Chris was like, just get them out of here. <laughs> and so I start, we walked over, and now let's see, we, we, we started. We like, started BSing with Tom. Yeah. And he's just a freaking old school rad racer guy, and and I was like, no, nah, Tom can stay. Like, just do what you got to do. I'll let you know when I need the <laughs> yeah. tower. <laughs> yeah, this guy is rad. <laughs> he was so cool. I love that guy. So I hope but, he, I hope he's there this weekend. Yeah, we got to have him announce with us. We're gonna record the announcing this weekend, and uh, and yeah, we gotta if he's there, we t- tomorrow night we gotta sit down with him. Yeah, like, I want good to. Dude. So, but anyways, yeah, you were um, at Bonneville with him. Got to hang out with him and uh, some of the guys that are were racing. Um, what is it? Uh, one of the like Dodge powered Mopar powered Streamliners. Yeah, yeah. So got to hang out there, kind of see Speed Week. I had to leave on Friday night though, so that I could go to um, Salt Lake City or to Tuella. Did you see cars run? At I did No, I did. I wish like I would up and prep days. I huh? was thinking about going back Sunday. Yeah. But there was a storm that rolled in, and I okay. didn't want to ride out in, there yeah, and then be storm. on the salt and the storm and everything. So, anyways, from there, I went to the World Challenge race, stayed with a buddy in Salt Lake City, and then went and saw Cole Pallison at Life Motorsport. So, we put that video out, yep. and we did a podcast with them. And really then, cool shop that they got there, too. Yeah. Super cool shop. I, I love the sea containers inside the shop. Yeah. That's so rad. Yeah. So, but from there, uh, went down to uh, Moab, Utah, yep. and got to camp just on a picnic table out in the open, and it was amazing. Uh, rode 55 miles of dirt and gravel roads out the backside of Moab, because uh, me, being an idiot, looked for the most curvy route and didn't even think that it would be dirt. Yeah. And like 10 miles 55 miles? Yeah, 55 miles. How did your tires do with that? They were fine, man. Because you had like sport bike tires on it. Yeah. Yeah, like sport bike, like oh touring tires on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, worked yeah, for- out. Perfectly fine. For, what, what kind of what, what is your bike? It's a Triumph. What? Triumph Street Triple R. Yeah, so it's basically like a sport bike of sorts. Yeah, without a fairing or anything. Um, it's super lightweight, which is cool. And kind of like a Street Fighter looking. But bike. But I had yeah. that sucker loaded down. Yeah, you man. did. You had there a, was so much stuff on that bike. I was really impressed with your packing skills. And it handled just fine. Yeah. So, uh, but and, from there, uh, you know, hung out in Moab, which was probably my favorite part of the trip. Okay. Just because I didn't really plan it. Um, that place is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I will be going back for sure. My brother and I spent a day there um, finding cool canyon roads in his Maxima. Uh, we did a cross-country trip when I was uh, – right when he graduated high school. So that was probably like 12 years ago. Okay. Um, and we just, like, explored Moab for a day. What an awesome place. It's great, man. Yeah. I definitely want to be going back. Um, but from Moab, I drove over – or rode over to Denver. Okay. And hung out with my buddy Tom Fuller who actually owned the NSX that Cody from Love Fab yeah. got to drive up Pikes Peak and just doing a, some recon he's stuff. He's a pilot too, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a pilot. Yep. Um, so got to hang out there, and he knows Mental as well. Yeah. 
So, which was just super small world. From, like, instructing or what? Uh, no, just from, like, car forum stuff. I guess they were both oh, yeah. stationed at yeah. the same military yeah, base. Yeah, I was going to say, stuff, Mental was out in Colorado for a yeah. while. Yeah. So, um, got to hang out with him and then rode up Pike's Peak. Yeah. Where it proceeded to sleet and hail and snow Sweet. on me. I had literally, like, 10 to 15 feet of visibility on the way down. Oh, my gosh. I also got stopped on the way up by a ranger um, that made me pull over turn the bike off, turn the camera off, take my helmet off, and told me that I was going too fast, that they had multiple reports of me passing cars and riding too quickly, which every single car that I passed pulled off the road for me. I have it all on video. Okay. So they're full of BS, but whatever. <laughs> I was doing like 40 miles an hour. It's like a 35-mile-an-hour speed limit. Yeah. People go really slow up that hill. Yeah. It'll take you an hour, hour and a half to get up that mountain if you're behind, like, a tourist. Yeah. Because it's scary if you've never done it. So from there, I, uh, I spent the night in Colorado Springs and then rode 606 miles, the longest day that I had. Oh, my god! 606 miles, Colorado Springs to Kansas City, Missouri, where I hung out and crashed in our buddy Devin Giles' hotel room. Yeah, so he was that's out when there. that show was recorded. Out there for work. Yeah. yeah. So the next day I rode to Nashville, which was another, like, 580-mile day. Wow. Pretty big day. Um, what are those days like on a bike? How bad is that? It's not really that bad. No? You know, because you, I could only get about 160 miles on a tank so with, like, comfortable range left. A couple hours and you get off. Yeah. So, you know, you get off, you hang out, you walk around, okay. and then you get back on the bike and you keep riding. Yeah. Um, but then I went to the Tale of the Dragon yep. um, and hung out in, like, Maryville with family and friends. That's when I recorded that show with Killboy. my old buddy, yep, Killboy, Daryl Cannon. And then from there, rode down to Atlanta, hung out with my buddy Adam Lovell for like two days, and then hit the track. Yeah, you were early there, weren't you? Yeah. So and then after that, I left and went down to Jacksonville, Florida, and hung out with my parents for the week. So, But that was like some days on the interstate, some days not. But when I left Jacksonville, heading back um, like to Lincoln, Nebraska, didn't stay in a, or go on a single interstate. Until I got back to the L.A. metro. Area. How was that? Doing was all great. back roads. It was absolutely what, amazing. Was it hard to find or no? No. Like, all I did, I just put in Google Maps. Yeah. Uh, and said, avoid highways. Oh, cool. And avoid tolls. And it took me everywhere I needed to go. That's cool. You find a lot of good roads? or Yeah. Tons and I would tons imagine of amazing you, roads. I would imagine you saw a lot of tiny towns. Oh, it was great. So many tiny towns. Those are fun towns to drive through usually, too. One of the tiny towns was actually, jumping ahead a little bit. But in Idaho, yeah. Arco, Idaho. Okay. So I was able to stop at the world's first nuclear power plant, which is like 20 miles outside of Arco, Idaho. Okay. Arco, Idaho was the first town powered by nuclear power. Nuclear? Nuclear. 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 A nuclear. 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 <laughs> nuclear. Nuclear. Roof. Nuclear. <laughs> I don't even know. Whatever. Roof. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so went to Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Then after I left Lincoln, I went to the geographical center of the U.S. Yeah. Which was really cool. It's out literally in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. Yeah. Um, and then rode from there out to this lake out in the middle of like Nebraska, which nothing was there, um, but this lake. And apparently, there's nothing in Nebraska besides that lake for people to do on like uh, like Labor Day weekend. So yeah. I was there the weekend after Labor Day. The ranger at the gate told me there were 150,000 people at that lake the oh weekend before. Oh, my goodness. 150,000 people. That's like the population of all of Nebraska. Yeah. At least <laughs> it's the population of, like, all of Iowa. That's nuts, man. So I think Iowa's actually pretty big. But it's all the kids. Yeah. All the kids in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty, pretty nuts. 
from there, I rode up to uh, Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah. Um, and Jackson Hole and Grand Tetons. Yeah. Then from there, I rode down uh, kind of back into Nevada and then across the top of Nevada over the world's loneliest highway. Yeah. Um, right outside of Austin, Nevada, where the strangest thing of the whole trip happened to me. I had stopped. Abducted by aliens. Yes. Yeah. No, I had stopped to take a photo, and there was only one person there. Jeez, I cannot people. see the lane markers. <laughs> there were two people there. Um, and, you know, just got to talking to him a little. I didn't even take my helmet off. I just wanted to get a photo of, like, the super lonely highway. Yeah, yeah. And Oh, I heard you talk yeah. about this on DWA. Yeah, so yeah. this woman actually took a photo of me on the bike with her dog in the road and said, oh, we're meeting people on the road. So I didn't think anything of it. I didn't even know that. She, I saw her take the picture. Whatever. I get to the next town, and my friend who works in marketing at Triumph tagged me in that photo it was actually her cousin oh, that bizarre. was on the side of the road yeah took the picture of me posted it to her facebook so and she bizarre. was like holy crap austin was just here like a week and a half ago <laughs> at triumph headquarters <laughs> that's so bizarre because i am i'm writing an article for triumph on the trip as well yeah cool so so that was really neat and then went to uh, lake tahoe stayed in lake tahoe for the night and then what are we doing I'm going to pull into the liquor store. Oh, that's a liquor store? Yeah. Okay, gotta, cool. i got to clean the windshield. Cool. So anyways, rode down. I so. uh, got to see our buddy Mike Bruno um, at Facebook. So I stopped by Facebook, hung out there, rode up to Alice's restaurant, yeah. and rode down to Santa Cruz, hung out with the guys uh, from DWA. Yeah. Uh, and again, Brian from DWA uh, put me up at his house for okay. the evening. Is that where you stayed last time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when we recorded uh, like two years ago. With after you and Calzada, Calzada, and Laguna yeah. yeah. So Does he really again, have a lot of cars in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of cars in the woods there. Uh, but from there, went to, uh, you know, took back roads all the way from um, from Santa Cruz back to L.A., which was probably the best day of riding that yeah. I had. So That's some other stories fun. here and there, but we don't exactly have time for it. How much battery do you got left? I got enough battery, but uh, we're like 41 minutes into this thing. That's and we need to podcast. start drinking. Well, we got to start doing tech on cars. Tech is supposed to be open 10 minutes ago. Yeah. We're not there yet, though. So, but I guess we'll sign off here. Uh, we'll have a lot more yeah, uh, uh, shows from this weekend that we'll, we'll get sprinkled be, uh, out. I think this will be a Tuesday show. Next Tuesday. Yeah. I'll go ahead yeah. and put this one out next Tuesday. Okay. Um, and maybe we can put uh, maybe our first time in tech announcing after it. Make it long. Sure. We'll see. Whatever. All right. Well, we're uh, we're in the middle of the night in uh, Michigan and almost to a racetrack to do racetrack things. Just like we do every freaking weekend. Woo! <laughs> so. I feel like we're like a national touring music act that actually has, like, real jobs during the week. Well, we're, you have a real job during the week. We freaking are, because we take this piece of shit RV everywhere. <laughs> hey, man. Knock Dude, on wood. It hasn't let this, us down. This thing going to Atlanta, um, speaking of, our, of you know, touring, I... I had my buddy Levi, Levi Brown, uh, who we've talked about on the show. His big bad Levi his Brown, his rad EF uh, Civic Time Attack car with Grid Life. With Grid Life. Um, but he's a truck driver, and so he was like, "Yeah, I'll drive it because nobody else wants to drive this thing because it's freaking kind of sucky when you drive it, especially with a trailer behind uh, it." It, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was really fun to have somebody else that could drive it because I could go sleep in the back, and I woke up in the bed in the back uh, in downtown Atlanta in traffic. And I started doing emails, and the wind is coming through the through the windows. And having a house on wheels is pretty sweet, dude. Imagine when they start having autonomous driving RVs. Oh, so then you can just sit in the back and hell hang out. Yeah, I can't wait for that day. I I don't need to drive my car on the street. I just need to be able to drive it at the racetrack and yeah. back roads. Yeah. And driving on the streets getting old. But the, the RV made it to Atlanta and back, so that was cool. Made it to Detroit and back. 
It's going to Mid Ohio next weekend. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a busy. I still think you should drive it out to Radwood, December second. That's 2nd. so far. December second in Los Angeles. I don't think so. I don't think I want to out in Anaheim. <laughs> I don't want to go that it far. Is, dude, it's period correct. It's very period correct. It's 1990s to the max. But. You could show up wearing like dark denim overalls. I don't know. Actually, I mean, no. It'd be acid going that wash far. overalls. As, yeah, as, and I for, could have for the 90s. I could do the butt cut haircut with, yeah. the, with the part right up the middle. And then you could do you could put some like buzz stripes on the side All of your right. head. Yeah, that that'd be the jam, dude. Yeah, it'd be great. That's what I call commitment. Get, get me some uh, get me some Nikes and uh, rock it out. No, I'm not driving this to California. Not yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna build me a better RV before I go to California. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go in here, buy some food, buy some booze, and go to the racetrack. I'm getting calls from people like, "Where are you?" So, well, I think there. it's a show. Yep. Have a good day, everybody. Hope your day at work is better than uh, it was 40 minutes ago. So. Rate and review us on iTunes, and uh, if you like the yeah, show, all that share stuff. it with a friend. Remember when oh, you, I forgot I used to remember do Remember when you used to say that? That's when I used to care. Yeah, we don't. Yes. Nope. Sorry, it's been a long summer with only like one show a week, and we missed one there, and yeah, whatever. So we'll be, at, we'll be back at two shows a week soon. So five, four, three, two, one, shut it off.